everybody. Super stoked to be here with you guys. I did the um, water bomb challenge and then I bit it and it just went all over my shirt. So that's what that is. Uh, but really stoked that you guys are all here. I'm stoked particularly for you guys who are now in year seven. Uh, welcome to youth. We're really excited that you guys are here with us. We're keen for you to come along each week and keep spending time getting to know uh, us, and we're keen to get to know you guys better. Uh, and so hopefully you felt, have felt really included so far tonight. Um, I don't want to encourage you eight and your nines to just say, hey, if you see someone that looks smaller than you, um, that often means they're in your seven, but sometimes doesn't. True fact. Uh, now, you guys who have started uh, high school, I reckon that's one of the most exciting things or more exciting things that you get to do. Um, but for some of you, it's not that exciting. Cale uh, says it wasn't exciting for him. Um, I was just saying to some guys who just went from St. Philip's year six to year seven, which means nothing's changed for them except they're now in high school. Uh, but for me, I tell you the best thing about going from primary school to high school, we've got to pick our own school sport. Before in primary school, I had to do like gymnastics and like volleyball, and we do it every term. But in high school, I got to pick whatever sport I wanted to do. And so, naturally, I, I picked the best sport in the world, 10-pin bowling. Yes! Yes! Right? Yes! Now, 10-pin now bowling, if it is a sport, is the best sport in the world. But can I tell you, particularly this 10-pin bowling experience was the best 10-pin bowling experience I ever had because there was this girl, right? Yeah, yeah. Not like that, not like that. You see, this girl, she, she had a lot of money. It was cheap. She was, she was a rich girl. Um, and so every single time we'd go to 10-pin bowling, she would just buy this huge box of chips. And so me and my friends, every Tuesday at bowling, we'd become best friends with this girl because that meant we got free chips. Now, how do you react? Some of you are like, gold digger. That's pretty edgy for a year seven kid. But it is pretty stingy, right? I, I, I imagine lots of you are like, oh, that's pretty stingy. That's not very good. Some of you are like, yeah, I do that all the time. I do that each day, every day. I find someone. I had a friend who did that every day. He'd get $3 for a dare-ass coffee from someone. Um, pretty crazy. But the reason why, I'm, why, why I bring that all up is I reckon people can treat Jesus like that. They can relate to Jesus like that. Um, so people do this thing all the time, right? It's, it's that person who, who says that they're a Christian, goes to youth sometimes because they're counting that if they do a bunch of different things, if they say they're a Christian, if they go to church, if they do the right stuff, then Jesus will give them good stuff. Whatever that is, he'll give them good stuff. And there's, there's these other people, right, who um, when things go wrong in a bad way, I, I wonder if some of you guys have had this experience where... Uh, you, you get caught in a rip or something like that, and you're freaking out that you're going to drown. And so in that moment, you pray to God and you say, if you just save me right now, then I'll, I'll live for you forever. You just want him to save you. Um, it could even be a person who, this could be you as well. You don't want to be a Christian. You don't want to uh, follow Jesus. You don't want to know Jesus because for you, everything's gone pretty good. And so why would you grab onto Jesus when you don't need the good stuff he offers you. I reckon there's a bunch of different ways that we can relate to Jesus as if he was that rich girl that I knew at school. 
befriend him for a little while to get good stuff. I wonder if you guys are doing that. And what, what I want to do with you tonight is I want to look at this passage, Matthew 8, and this passage is going to show us why relating to Jesus like that is so wrong. But it's also going to show us how we should relate to him. And so before we jump into the Bible, I want, to, I want to pray for us. So why don't you bow your heads and we're going to ask God to help us understand this stuff. Why don't you bow your heads with me? Dear God, uh, we thank you that you are the God of the universe who is powerful and is good. Uh, Lord, we ask for a time now as we dig into your word that you'd be showing us that really clearly in Matthew 8. Uh, Lord, I ask that you'd be helping me to speak clearly and with power. And uh, Lord, we ask that you'd be helping us to hear your word as well and to sit under it and understand it. Amen. Now, the first thing I want you guys to see is Jesus does have the power to make things right. Have a look at how this chapter starts. So I'm going to put a bunch of different verses on the screen. But that little thing we had read out, it's in the middle of this big, long chapter called chapter 8. It's because it's the eighth chapter in the book of Matthew. And this starts, right? Chapter 8 starts like this, verse 2. A man with leprosy, which just means this dude that has this really gross skin disease going on. He comes up to Jesus and kneels before him and he says, Lord... If you are willing, you can make me clean. Now Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately this guy was cleansed of his leprosy. Now that chapter 8 goes on and it goes on to talk about two more occasions where Jesus heals these people. And then there's this section where it says, and then he healed a whole bunch of people at one time. Jesus just goes on this healing rampage. Now, one of the worst things in this world, and I'm sure many of you appreciate this, is sickness. That people get sick and die. That is a messed up thing. But what this little account shows you and what Matthew 8 is going to show you is Jesus really does care about the sick. And not only that, he has the power to deal with it. If we, if we were in Jesus' uh, situation and we touched the leper, you know what would happen? We would just get an infection. Jesus has the power to touch that dude and he gets healed. But there are other things wrong in this world, right? So it's not just sickness. Nature is messed up too. You've got your storms, you've got floods, you've got droughts, you've got hurricanes, whole host of things. And so you jump down in this chapter all the way down to verse 23, which is going to be on the screens, and it says, Then he, Jesus, got into the boat and his disciples followed him. And then suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat, Jesus was sleeping at this time. And the disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. Terrifying situation. Jesus replies to them, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he gets up and rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. Now, nature is messed up, but it actually means nothing to Jesus. He tells nature off and things are made calm. It's crazy. If your friend told the, the storm to be still, you'd just be like, you're crazy. But when Jesus does it, you're like, oh, you're still crazy, but crazy in a really different way. Because Jesus has the power to make things right. There's one last crazy demonstration of his power in this chapter, right? So it goes healing, and then it goes this storm occasion. And then it goes to this thing that we don't have to think, often think about. It's in verse 28, and it says... He arrives at the other side after his little boat trip, and two demon-possessed men 
come from the tombs to meet him. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. Now, I don't know what you think about the spiritual realm and demons and all that, but for Jesus, it's not anything that he fears. We go down to verse 30 and it says, Some distance from them, there was this large herd of pigs they were feeding, and the demons begged Jesus, If you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs. And he said to them, Go. So they came out and went to the pigs, and the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and died in the water. With a word, Jesus sends the demons away to die. Now, we watch horror movies with demons in it, but demons watch horror movies with Jesus in it because Jesus has the power to make the spiritual realm right. But if you went through all of chapter 8 and that is all you saw from that passage, you could imagine seeing Jesus exactly like that rich friend, right? That person that you can go to at times and, and they'll fix you up. Or maybe like a genie. He's the one with the power, and you go to him and bring your wishes to him, and he grants them. But there is something so much bigger than that going on in this chapter. That if we miss this thing, we'll be stuck relating to Jesus all wrong. And the second thing this this chapter shows us is Jesus has come as the king. Now, to do this, we're going to do jumping around the Bible a bunch for this. And so if you've got your Bible, I want to encourage you to to try and follow along. It's going to be tricky, but I'm also going to chuck it up on the screen, so if you get lost, that's fine. But do you remember that first miracle that we heard? So Jesus heals the miracle, heals the leper. Jesus heals the leper. Have a look at this story from 2 Kings chapter 5. I'll give you like 30 seconds to, well, that's heaps of time, 10 seconds to find it. 2 Kings chapter 5. And we're going to jump around a bit in this chapter, but it starts off with this dude called Naaman, or Naman. I actually don't know how to say it. Now, Naman, or Daman, as we shall call him from now on, was commander of this army, um, of the army of the king of Aram. Ah, another weird name. But this dude, he had leprosy. And so his his servant said to her servant, If only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, another place that's really far away, he would cure him of his leprosy. Now, we jump a little bit forward in the story, and the king of Israel gets this letter, and he reads it, and he tears his rope and says, Am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? Now, what this makes really clear is people don't simply get cured from leprosy. It was a really gross, contagious disease. The king knew this. It was only God who could fix something as serious as that. And so, then along comes Jesus, right? A few hundred years later. And Jesus comes and heals this leper. And you see, that means what was going on in that moment, it wasn't a party trick. It was, in fact, a sign that Jesus wasn't just a man. Jesus was God. Now, do you remember that second thing? So we do the healings, and then we get to the storm, and how he calms the storm. Well, have a look at this verse from Psalm 89. See if you can find that in your Bibles as well. Psalms are like in the middle. Psalm 89. And we're going to start verse 8, and it says, Who is like you? Oh, sorry, I'll give you a little bit longer than that. Psalm 89, in the middle of your Bibles. Three, two, one. 
nice to whoever's made it, and if not, you can just look at the screens. It says, Who is like you, Lord God Almighty? You, Lord, are mighty, and your faithfulness surrounds you. You rule over the, re- the surging sea. When its waves mount up, you steal them. Whoa. I paused for impact there. <laughs> you steal them. God, you, God steals them. And so that moment when Jesus calms the storm, that was another sign that Jesus wasn't a mere man. It was a sign that Jesus was God. And so when he gets to the demons, right, do you remember that little bit? Have a look at what it says in verse 29. I actually skipped this verse. If you're paying attention, you would have noticed. It says, this is the demons talking to Jesus, and they say, What do you want with us, son of God? They shouted, Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? They saw that Jesus is the Son of God, the one who will stand as judge over them. I don't know if you've seen the show. It's like Undercover Boss, right? It used to actually have Donald Trump as the host. Fun fact. I don't know if you knew, but Donald Trump used to host a reality TV show. And the show went like this. It had bosses of huge companies, big companies, and they would go in disguise in their companies, and so they'd pretend to just be like a janitor or a checkout chick, um, and they'd hang out with the regular workers doing their thing for a few months, and they'd just be one of the guys, one of the guys. And then after a few months, they'd get their employees to come to their big office in the city, and they would reveal their who they were. And what happens when these people find out who this person really is? Their boss the one who holds their career in the palm of their hand, they freak out and they consider and think back, did I do anything bad? Did I relate to this person wrong? This person's not just a regular employee. Did I ignore them or did I have mean moments with them? Because who they are, when they realize who they really are, it changes everything. It changes how they should relate to them. Well, I want to say that's exactly what happens here in this chapter. In this chapter, we see immediately that Jesus has all this power, and he has the power to make things right. But this chapter also shows us that Jesus is God, that Jesus is the one who holds your very life in the palm of of his hand. Jesus holds your life in the palm of his hand. And that has got to change the way that you relate to him. Now I want to suggest there's two things it means. And this is how we're going to finish. And I say, as we go through these, it's really worth reflecting on these things and considering, if you'd say you're a Christian, do these things describe how I relate to Jesus? Because if they don't describe how I relate to Jesus, that's, that's a good sign that you might not actually be a follower of Jesus. But, If they do describe how you relate to Jesus, that's a really good sign that you're a follower of Jesus, that you know him. And if you aren't a Christian, what I want you to do in this time is consider whether who Jesus is, who Jesus is, the one with the power to make things right, and God, means you should turn from how you've been relating to him or, or just ignoring him completely, ask for forgiveness, and ask for help in relating to him, right? Now, the first thing, the first thing with how we should relate to him is we've got to be willing to give up 
everything for him. So we're going to jump back into that passage we were at the start. That's verse 19. And in verse 19, this teacher of the law came to him and he said, verse 19, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Now Jesus replied to him, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. So a guy comes up to him, seeing all the cool things that Jesus has done, and he's like, man, I've got to get involved with this dude. He's got it going on. But Jesus' response, it's kind of weird. But he basically says, if you want to follow me, you've got to be willing to give up everything. The animals, they've got homes. But if you want to follow me, you've got to be willing to go even without a home. Now, it doesn't mean that everyone that follows him has to be homeless, but it does mean this, right? If you want to be a follower of Jesus, if you want to relate to Jesus right, you've got to be willing to go through anything and give up anything for him. I wonder if you could say that about yourself. The second thing is, we've got to put him first. Have a look at verse 20, 21. So another disciple, which means just like a follower of Jesus, said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Now that seems like a sensible thing to do. Jesus told him, follow me and let the dead bury the dead. Guy comes up to him, someone who claims to follow him, and he's like, I want to follow, but first I've got to, I got to do this other thing. I've got to sort out this other thing first. And Jesus says to him, nope. That's not how it works. If you want to be a follower of me, if you want to relate to me right, I've got to come before anything else. Which means if you're someone here who wants to relate to Jesus right, you can't just add him as an extra to your life. It isn't like you've got a bunch of things going on. You've got sport, you've got school, you've got Jesus. He doesn't want to just be like your rich friend, right? He doesn't want to be that person that you only speak to on a Tuesday. If you want to relate to Jesus right, you've got to put following Jesus, relating to Jesus, you've got to put that above everything else in your life. Now, those are two huge things of what it means to relate to Jesus right. Do those two things describe you? If not, do you see that who Jesus is, that he's the one that can make everything right and that he is God, do you see that that means we owe him those things? Would you say, if not, would you say sorry for relating to him wrong? Because he'll forgive you for that. Would you commit to treating him as the king that he really is? I'm actually going to pray for us all now. And if that's something that you want to repent of and say sorry to God for, um, why don't you pray with me as we do that together? Why don't you bow your heads and pray? Dear God, uh, we are so thankful for the Bible and for the way that it reveals who you really are. Uh, Lord, we thank you for sending Jesus who came uh, with the power to make things right, but also came as you. 
as the God of the universe, as our creator and as our king. Lord, we ask that you'd be helping us to relate to you like we should, that we'd be willing to give up everything for you and we'd be putting you first in our lives. Lord, we're sorry for the times that we don't do that. And so, Lord, we're so thankful um, that Jesus didn't just come as king, but also savior to die for us. And, Lord, that we could be forgiven through that. Um, But, Lord, we ask that we would be relating to you as you deserve um, and as we should. Amen.